Please listen carefully. Where do you think I am that you attempted to deliver this and I wasn't home? First of all, first of all, second of all, I have a 24 hour security that accepts all packages. And thirdly, even if you had attempted to deliver it, I don't have a fucking sticky note anywhere saying that you attempted. Don't lie to me. Happy New Year, sisters, and welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister, our first episode of 2021. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And today we are giving you our much promised and awaited uh, Bridgerton review. We all watched it on the 25th. Some of us finished it on the 25th as well, uh, so that we could have this review up and ready for you the very first week of January. Uh, and I'm super stoked to get into it. But before we start talking about Bridgerton, guys, how were your holidays? How was the New Year's that hasn't actually passed for us yet, but will once this episode is live? <laughs> it's probably Take a guess. <laughs> if I had to guess, probably just a blur of time that'll be lost playing video games. I'm pretty sure I'm going to do what I've been doing the past five days <laughs> is sitting on my bed and watching a television show <laughs> or a movie. Who knows? Yeah, pretty much. I feel like I don't know what day it is today. Not that I have any day this year, to be honest. Uh, but every day is a new like, oh, it's Wednesday. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's Friday. I'll come and I'll be like, what? I think the worst feeling, I mean, I don't know if it's a good or bad. Maybe it's just a neutral feeling is like when you look down at your clock and you're like, oh, it's just 6 p.m. I'll like make dinner or whatever. And then you look down again, which what feels like 10 minutes later and it's midnight and you're like, well, miss dinner. <laughs> The blur for me is really between 12 and 3. Like, that's when I'm like, what? It's 3 a.m. already? I was just putting on a show. What What I love about is that we all go, I feel like we all go to bed at, like, the same crazy time. Yeah, like, 4 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m. But we're not talking together. No, not at all. We're losing time on our own. Well, one part is that even though it's been happening all year, I'm constantly surprised whenever Steph messages after us 11 p.m. Yeah. Because so long went by that, like, after 11 p.m., our group chat would just be me and Nat talking. And then Steph would catch up in the morning if she chose to read it. And then now sometimes Steph will message. It'll be 1 a.m. And I'll be like, why are you awake? No, are you literally okay? nothing else to do? <laughs> I don't know. But, like, I've told you guys. When I was, what, 19, 20, I would go to bed 4 or 5 in the morning all the time, constantly. And, like, mm-hmm. I've just only became an adult in the last four years. <laughs> and I've lost <laughs> and it now again. And we're all regressing. I've lost yeah. it again. I'm never going to be able to get up at 7. 7. Leaving the house in 10 minutes to catch a buzz. Like, what? <laughs> we've definitely, uh, looking at our, our Bridgerton episode format, we've definitely overrun our time on Chit Chat. Let's go in. <laughs> Bridgerton, guys, it finally happened. It finally was released. December 25th, we all watched it. I've watched it twice at this point. Once by myself and the second time with my mother, who I can tell you her comments later on. Uh, But Bridgerton is based on the books by Julia Quinn, which were published in 2000. I have an opinion on that later. But basically, Bridgerton's follows the family, the Bridgertons, as basically every sibling is going to get married off in this book series. And the first book is Daphne and Simon Bassett and how they their love story and how it happens. And to say that this is a pretty accurate historical romance adaptation into a TV show, I that I would give it a 10 out of 10, but there's other things not great that we'll talk about. In terms of like overall thoughts for this show, I feel like like it did it did exactly what I wanted it to. I it was beautiful it was visually stunning, beautiful to look at. Costumes were great, even if I really hate Regency era costume or like dresses or whatever, it's fine. Yeah. They were still like the beautiful fabric, all of that. Even just like the, as we'll prob- probably talk about, like there was that article about the color story of Bridgerton as well. Love shit like that. Yeah. Like just what each color meant and like how it flowed scene by scene. Like all of that was really well done. And overall, I quite enjoyed it. I don't know that I enjoyed every character. I think there were definitely some questionable ones, some on purpose questionable and some that were just like nothing to me. Like, I don't know. What is your guys' opinion on Daphne? She feels like a nothing person to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, okay. The thing that bugged me the most, I don't know if we're already going off off topic, but it is about characters. 
the, those books are my least favorite historical romance books I've ever read. Like, I don't like that series at all. I don't, I understand why they picked it. Like, the premise of those books works well for television, so I understand why that series was picked first. But they made no changes to the actual plot of the first book that I think that's what I was expecting. And that's what I'm disappointed in, that they made nothing, no big changes to anything. It's literally a perfect adaptation, perfect quotes for what of the book. And I, that's why I'm mad. Like, like I think you had like, so many opportunities to make it better. Yeah. This is like one of like the weird things for me, like where I feel like they had this like source material that they could have worked from already ready to go. Like they didn't really have to change a lot, but they could have built on so much. Like they could have like done that extra like work to build on the world on like different characters that aren't like and like arguably for like a historical romance obviously there's going to be some characters that aren't really built well in the books they could have done that in the show they had so many opportunities to do it where you can't do it in the book because you're so focused on the main couple whatever you have to have like 10 sex scenes in the book or whatever <laughs> historical which romance they do in the, which they do do in the show yeah but like in the show it's so much quicker so you had yeah. so much time to like build on these there's like literally no excuse for them not to build on certain characters like marina 100 percent need to be built on way more because uh, like i like she's the pregnant character for those who don't know one thing and this is not like a defense of the show because i i mean i feel the same way overall i really enjoyed it i'm glad i watched it i would say like i think it was a good show but definitely also have some issues with it but mm -hmm. i will say in terms of building up more characters one i fully agree everyone is a caricature of a trope like yeah. no one really is like a fully well-rounded realized person they all come off very charactery but i think when it does come in some of those side characters is knowing that the sounds like their plan is to have a season dedicated for each book mm -hmm. which means that some of those things might end up getting more fleshed out in the future like i imagine penelope in particular is one that definitely will anthony um i'd love to see marina be a focus for one because she was one of the most compelling characters yeah. with one of the like most boring kind of motives um which you don't really get to see too much of her which is a shame so i'm hoping that she has one but like okay so here's my thing they built on simon's character and like simon has like a backstory and everything but like daphne has nothing like so if that's the main couple for this season where they had an opportunity to like build her character and they didn't do it what's the hope for the rest of i mean like i do think there's a lot of potential in the in the later seasons because we've teased out a lot of storylines in this season but like it makes me wonder. I'm like, is there just going to be like a nothing character? And on top of that, Simon is like the only main black lead that we have for what the couples. The rest are all white as far as I know. Why did they? So they had to explain why Simon is black, which they did. And to me, they never did anything with that. Why provide this information and then you did nothing with it? Like, yeah. did we did we want like a blind cast like like Cinderella or something like the Roger Emerson? Rather than I this explanation they did nothing with. Or did yeah, or did we want like a further representation type of thing? Like I mean we're getting more into the discourse here, but <laughs> Yeah, not to take it away completely, but I feel like we kind of have like just dove right into it. Um I think it's interesting because don't get me wrong. I think there's an element of this that's always going to be a sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't, and is going to be super difficult for even Shonda Rhimes to pull off, especially being a black woman, because in terms of talking about the discourse, one of the very first things that came up when the show was announced and that she was going to be casting some uh, black characters in it, despite the fact the books are all white, is about historical inaccuracy. And then like, in addition to just being nonsense, there's like a million and one conversation pieces to have about that alone. But truly when I was seeing it, like I very much, I feel a lot of people and myself, historical romance is a bit like a fantasy, like at yeah. all times, like so often one of them is not no nobility or doesn't have a title. So there's that fantasy element of, okay, but they're going to marry a peasant. And like, there's, there's so much in there that when it was announced, I was like, okay, it'll be like personal history or Brandy Cinderella, where people are just, again, blind casting. If families can be mixed and no one has to talk about it, it just is what it is. I personally love that style, but I also recognize that that's not necessarily speaking truth to anyone's experience. So another option is, no, we've created an alternate world where this level of racism doesn't exist. There were way more Black nobility than there are now, and this is telling that story. So it is going to be more either historically accurate or just again like a reframing the kind of like worldview history basically 
Yeah, but what ended up happening was literally neither of those options. Like you took the worst elements of all possible options. And instead what you had was not a lot of Black people because almost like you were trying to keep it historically accurate with like quotes around it where there's still not many and they're kind of like a handful of characters, but you didn't show them what that means for their lived experience at all, mm-hmm. except for that one conversation where mm-hmm. Lady Danbury, who is basically um, Simon's mom, really, like that's really who she is, um, has that one throwaway line about how, no, we have to be better because, you know, now we're finally in a room of police because the king married a black woman. And that's supposed to explain how at no other point in time does their race come up at all, even though presumably up until 10 years before that, Black people were just very commonly slaves as well. Like, what is going on in this universe? It's just like there's such a problematic comment, too. Like, and to like not follow that up with anything to be like, oh, by the way, a white king saved us. And like, here we are now, all fully un- Bathed, apparently love conquers <laughs> racism for apparently ha- somehow and like what's crazy okay and we're also we're probably we should probably mention we're referring to a lot of points that came up in a refinery 29 article by the way that we read i can't remember who it was two women that did an interview but a lot of these points came up in there it was really good um and like i think one of like the the things that they pointed out was that the the direct is it the director or the producer or whatever chris van dusen i don't know i think he's the director but he basically producer okay he basically was like i i don't want to have just like black actors in here blind casted i want it to be representation rather than just like people but i was just like you literally went back a billion steps you you didn't do either like that's really what happened it was like you just you didn't do either you could have done blind casting and at least then you would have had way more faces and I think you would have gotten what for me particularly and I think for a lot of other people who watch this kind of thing you get that you can just enjoy things that you take for granted when you are like yourself a white person watching historical things there's just always white people like you never have to worry about just seeing white people being happy because there's a million versions of white people being happy and so blind casting can give you that opportunity to see a lot of diverse faces not having to deal with those particular issues and just being happy and getting to be in pretty dresses and having silly drama that's going to be wrapped up by the end of it but you literally did neither you didn't represent anyone's experience accurately because you didn't give the time and space that it needed because you wanted to have your happy romance story but then you didn't even give them that because you threw in this random bullshit yeah. it was so mm-hmm. stupid i was just going to stop seven briefly to say that the uh, refinery 29 article is by inye komonibo and kathleen newman brigman and it's called a double hot take on bridgerton race and romance so we recommend that and we'll link it in our like twitter and stuff And I was going to say the, um, like, there's two sides to it. Like, what are they trying, like, what was the show trying to do? Was it trying to be like that fantasy, like, you just want to be happy when you watch this? Or did you want something a bit more meaningful, a bit more, um, like, like, intuitive? Yeah, like, did you want something more intuitive? In in which case, like, as this Refinery29 article talks about, it, it talks about how, like, you could have explored different relationships in a totally different way. Like, even Simon's dad's relationship with him as being a Black Duke, what is that like? I would love to watch a show where they just discuss how hard it is to be a Black Duke and what that means in that society or, like, how some sort of tensions may not be about, oh, this person doesn't like this person. Is it because of race rather than just they don't like that person? Like, are they are they also color- like they can't also be colorblind. There's definitely a thing there. And there and because there's so few black characters, it feels like a natural thing that you assume. Like, I just assumed that as I was watching, but then they just never mentioned it. So like Simon was like kind of like that dukedom is the only black dukedom. Yeah. That's what I assumed. Yeah. I was like, oh, Marina was sent away from her family. Is it because she's like born out of wedlock and she's a black girl? Or is it because of something else? Like, what is it? Like, I'm like, I just assumed there were some other issues there. And I was like, but they never acknowledged it. So I was like, so what's happening? In that article, they talked about um, maybe, maybe Anthony doesn't want Simon to marry his sister because he was black. Like, that was a conversation they never had. And I was like, why, would, like, why wouldn't they talk about that? That could have been he doesn't care about that but like that's a conversation you'd have if you have one black dukedom in the whole like society like that yeah i think 
I think it's also like if if they had not had like black like no, I guess nobility in like the like the past if they had them in the past I think it would have been fine but because the queen is so like she's alive she's in her middle like she's middle-aged it's not like this was not like a past thing it was like this is the very recent thing that happened so there's definitely still that stigma out there like we we I mean, we live in a real world where that stigma still exists. So we're assuming from our own experience, but I think that experience is totally valid with, in terms of the show as well. And I think they just completely ignore that. And that's what happens when you have a white producer. Yeah. It's one of those situations where, again, it's just like one, make a choice, like either take the time to say out, I'm going to do a heavier story and I'm going to genuinely talk about what the situation would be like because there was black nobility and there were wealthy black people in England, but their lives no way look like Simon's like that is not a real thing so make the choice in what you're going to present and I think one of the things that struck me the most as I was going through Twitter because I remember when that line came up I literally remember being like excuse me what like whoa whoa you've just changed my frame of reference for this whole show because I went into it thinking it's going to be blind casting realizing it wasn't blind casting because one there are way too many white people for that and families were all the same race, which I think is a mistake in a show like this because it means you're going to have way too many white people if your lead family is white. Like, j- that's just the core fact of it. Like, when the Bridgertons are the main characters, and there's 1,100,000 of them. If you make the, them all white, here we are. It really isn't as diverse as you would want. But then they throw in that other wrench and it takes you out of it completely. And I was seeing that reaction from so many people everywhere of all of a sudden I have questions that I didn't have before. I wasn't wondering if anybody's reaction to Simon was because of his race, because it didn't seem to be it was going to be that kind of show. Mm -hmm. But then you drop that sentence and now you have to reframe every single thing that you've seen. The way people talk about Lady Danbury now, the way not a lot of people like her, despite the fact that she's incredibly lovable. I love her. MVP. You know, the way, exactly. The way that she has to act in her entire personality is now reframed with this knowledge mm-hmm. that, again, up until 10 years ago, which was she allowed to be rich? Like, How what did she is- become a lady if you only have yeah. a duke in the last, what, 10, 20, 30 years? Like, what? Yeah. How? And, like, on top of that, like, with, like, the new, fr- like, this, I guess, white frame of reference now, you're, you're sitting there and you're like, does Lady Denbury only exist for other people? Like, what's happening? Like, is she... <laughs> Like, why is she there then? Or why is the queen there? Like, what is their purpose now? Like, before I was just like, oh, it's like blind casted. Things are going to happen with that. But now I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore. But like, I I think it took away from the enjoyment a little bit after that happened or after that line was thrown out there. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it changed my whole mood about the show. I think I still would have felt the same because of the chemistry of the lead characters. I think it was okay chemistry is <laughs> <laughs> a white piece of paper a wet white piece of paper that yeah. you it's like yeah. Daphne was the real like Simon carried a lot of that um yeah he really did like, like I felt more chemistry between him and his like boxer friend like when they were like oh, punching yeah. it out I was like yes get down get in <laughs> like I was I was there for it I will say I don't know if this is related to the source material or if it's the actress like I don't know enough about the original series to say either way but Daphne just like again from personality I do think there were moments where I feel like the actress was doing as much as possible but from a writing standpoint her characterization is very much someone waiting for things to happen to her. And you get glimpses of someone interesting when she can take charge. And then further discourse to have is then about the consent issues because then it goes too far. And you're like, well, now I just don't like you because Mm -hmm. this is the most you that I've seen. And you did a horrible thing. I think it's kind of like two things. So both as like the book character and the TV character, women are brought up to be a wife. Like that is all, that was her only goal. That was what is expected of her. So you can't really, like she can't really have a personality when all she wants is to get married. That's why you have her sister, Eloise, is such a drastic difference from her that you're Mm -hmm. like, Eloise is a hundred times better. And I guess that's the point they're trying to be like, not all women, not, not all women don't want to get married and have kids and have a family. But it's like, you needed to give her something because she's so, bland and i think that's again it's the source material because i didn't care for daphne i, I skipped the first book because i saw the reviews i'm like i don't need to and i read the second one 
they could have spiced her up so easily. Like, it could have been so easy. She was, like, nothing to work with. And then, like, I mean, like you could have added anything. I would have been into it. But it was, like, the Dubcon thing was, like... Before we get into that, I would say prior to that moment of then being like having to turn around on Daphne and being just like, no, absolutely don't like her. I think her most interesting moment and the glimpse you really get to her outside of agree of just like saying she's going to marry Simon. But right like during that duel is when she is trying to make Simon jealous and she like drops the fan in front of the prince. That was a very different side of her that I was like, I can get down. Like I was interested in that. I think I have a very controversial hot take. I know a lot of people love Eloise. And near the end, I like Eloise more. I don't like Eloise because I think Eloise is the biggest example of a caricature of a person. Yeah. Her her being the antithesis to everything that Daphne is makes her someone that doesn't feel like a person. I think this is a problem in historical romance where sometimes you drop a 21st century sensibility into a character that's not in the 21st century. And so you just get this very like out of time comic relief. Like there's an element to Eloise that the point is that like, she's annoying because of the things that she wants. And to even someone watching her, the way that she goes about them is very annoying sometimes because it's like, she doesn't live in the world that she lives in. So I don't feel like she feels real. I don't think they did a good job at showing what is a woman in that time? Like you would want contrasting things, even though I don't necessarily love everything that happened with Penelope. I felt like Penelope is a better version of, I don't want to just be a wife and a mother, but that also doesn't mean that I am this joke of a suffragette. That is the punchline. I don't think so. I don't think it's uncommon to have a character like Eloise. It's pretty No, I don't think it is. I think that's the, yeah. I think, but like, uh, the problem is I think the show relied a little bit too much on the source material in that like Mm -hmm. what they tend to do with like first books is that they'll have like the side character to be super fucking annoying by the way and they'll always be like like they'll like you said they'll be an antithesis to like pretty much everything and she's one of those characters but then when you get into her story they show that like she's grown quote-unquote grown up and she has like different world views at that point like they do this every single time like i like every time i read something and i'm like i really hated this character before but now something it's like they kind of change the character over time and i don't know if it's like a youth thing or if it's just like the written version is terrible and so they just kind of went with it and tried to like make the best of it as they could but i don't know i think I think part of it is definitely probably how she was written more so than. I think it's a how she's written problem for sure. And I think yeah. I agree this is like super common in the historical romance side. It's one of the reasons I'm honestly not a huge fan of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could have had so, like, I think one of the better versions of like a character that shows this is um, the Bridgerton mom. I actually don't know her name. But she seemed like, she was like a very, she seemed to me like underneath that there is a complicated character written there. She has wants and desires. She clearly wanted to be a wife. She knows that that's the best way forward for her family. So she easily imparts that on her children, but she wasn't a wallflower either. She didn't just let things happen. She was very active in her role. She's very like quick to yell at her son. And I think there's a really interesting element there about what happens when you're the oldest person in the room with the most experience and you raised a baby, but because that baby is a man, he has total domain over your entire life and the lives of the rest of your family. Mm -hmm. I like that her Featherington like those are really interesting to me when you start looking at Daphne and Eloise again they were just like two extreme opposite sides that I just like was not into I don't think they so Eloise is she has to be younger than 18 she's not in society so technically she's only been hanging out with her family and her friends so she doesn't she doesn't know anything about the world because she's been at home for 18 years and she's not out yet so anything she's learned, she's learned from her brothers and she's learned from her sister being out and like the occasional party she goes to. That's kind of the reason why I understand she's so juvenile and like one dimensional is because she hasn't lived any life. And I don't think they really showed that she's literally a baby who has I do no think, idea. Yeah, I do think they show her quite selfish, like, but I do think they did that part on purpose. I do think that's like more of like a written on purpose part. I don't know that they showed her as a child 
on purpose. I think she was just, again, written poorly. <laughs> I think it's like a very easy trope to fit a character into. And I think that's exactly what happened. Like, she just fit that trope. And there wasn't really anything special or interesting about her. And I think that could be said about, quite frankly, literally all of the characters. Except for like, the most fully fleshed out ones to me were, again, all of the older women. Yeah. I almost was like, can I watch a season about them? I do. I do think that her type of character can be written really well in historical. I think that's, I do tend to like those historical romance books quite a lot, even though that's like a trope or whatever that doesn't seem to fit. I just, I like it better. There's the ones who like don't, don't really want to get married. They want to like be on their own, have their own money, but then they also have to reconcile the fact that, yeah, you actually do have to get married to be anything in society and like like the exact opposite is Daphne where she's like perfect to be a duchess and you're like I hate that like I find it so boring she wants her desires outside of uh, family life and like but then so then when she marries Simon because she doesn't and he says I can't have kids with you she's just fine with it and like the journey of her finding out how kids are made and like that's her whole story is based on the fact that she wants kids and she like the conflict of the last three episodes is of learning how sex works and how sperm works and how you have a baby and like i don't think we needed that (laughs) at all i will say too what i'm just sort of thinking of like as we're talking about this now my issue with a character like eloise as well is that at the end of the day they're creating this character that's how they're going to write her but she's going to end up in a relationship Yep. Like they're not, they haven't created a complex character that's going to do everything she can to forge her own path. She is eventually going to marry someone and it's not going to just be because she has to get married. It's going to be because she loves them because it's a romance series and she's going to be a main character and that's what's going to happen to her. And it's like, why? Like, why did we do any of the things we just did then? Like, create someone more interesting, please. I mean, but it could I think be this is great. To, see, though, to be like, what is she going to sacrifice or not sacrifice or like, what is she gonna what's the word question will she make the man sacrifice something because that is what i like reading because i'm like they should have to sacrifice everything based on the description i read of her book it's bleak so and i've never read her book because again don't care but okay we kind of touched on it we should talk about the yeah i think this takes us into the consent issues quite well okay Mm -hmm. Um, i'll talk about the the book singing and then we'll go into the so Late in the season, episode six, we'll say. Six. They're six. honeymooning. They're fucking all over the place. In the in the library. On, on in the backyard. On the lawn. In the, like, church thing on the thing. And then Daphne this whole time doesn't understand how you have a kid. And to have a kid, someone has to... <laughs> I was going to say... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Steph, are you, are you learning for the first time? You did, first was, time. This, was it formative to you? He has to finish inside of her <laughs> for her to have a baby, but she has no idea that that is how babies are made. So she asked her maid, not her mom. Her mom told her birds and the bees bullshit. Her mom said nothing. So she asked her maid, how, how do you have a baby? And she, and then the maid tells her, I wish we could hear what she said. Cause I thought that would have been interesting to see how she's explaining it to her. Um, so the book version, Simon is drunk super 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 drunk like grossly drunk she takes him to the bedroom and basically rapes him essentially also just to get in there and i could be wrong with this because like i said i didn't read it i just learned this from like reading other people discussing it she she got him drunk right i can't remember but i would i think so yeah oh no she like plied him with those drinks so she's she plotted basically to have him it is rape essentially yeah so in the book it's clearly rape she fucks him she doesn't I think he's I don't know what he says he's too drunk he's literally too drunk to speak so like that happens oh no in the tv show they take out the drunkness but you see her sitting in a in her like parlor plotting how she's gonna get a baby from him she forces him on the bottom she like basically gets on top so that he can't remove himself without throwing her yeah, and he clearly says, because I put the sub- subtitles on to see if he says anything. Yeah, Some people are like, say. he didn't say anything. He says, wait, twice. And she just powers through. And he knows. Like, in that moment, he fucking knows. Like, he sees it in her face that she was like, so you did lie. And she says it out loud, yeah. And you're just like, fuck. And her whole goal in this, obviously, is to basically force this man to come inside her. Because she re- learned for the first time that day, that the reason that he pulled out every time they had sex was because that's what could have made her pregnant. 
Um, and so he, she's like going to force this pregnancy, even knowing that like this man didn't want to have children enough to frame it as I will never have children or I can never have children. And within the same day of learning that is like, well, fuck that noise. I've been lied to. So I'm going to shuttle you. And then I think like an insidious element to that too, is at that point when they're having sex and she gets on top, he's just happy. He doesn't know what's going on. He's he just like, they're, they're having it. sex. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, absolutely get on top. And then there's the moment where he realized what's going on. And then the scene, and I think this is where the biggest issue is, not just in that they chose to have this, that they this was their fix, quote unquote, which is yeah. super problematic. But then every moment after that, all the space is taken up by her emotions and her feelings of being lied to with no conversation about, and my personal opinion is I think it's very realistic that this character would not realize that Daphne doesn't didn't realize he was saying he didn't want children. And thought that he was saying he physically could not have children because she understands sex so little that she does not know how this happens or what is going on. Like you get the suggestion throughout the show that the mom has actually told them even less than the average woman would know because of how little she does not want to talk about this topic. Um, So you get that idea. And then every moment is Daphne talking about how she feels and how she's been wronged and all the space she has taken up. And then it's her journey of realizing why he doesn't want to have children and then her coming to terms with that, but him still apologizing. And no space is taken up for his traumatic experience Mm -hmm. and his lack of ability to heal. How could you ever trust her again to have a relationship? Instead of like, instead of like actually talking to him, be like, oh, he said he can't have children. Is there a reason he can't have children? Like, instead of just like asking him, she's like, nah, I'm gonna I'm do this and then I'm gonna accuse him and then I'm gonna walk away and live in my feels and that's it. And then you're like, what the fuck just happened? And it pissed me off because he never tells her with his words why yeah. he doesn't want kids. She goes she and finds these people. letters. Yeah, and asks other people. I'm like, uh, hello, that's another business. It's between you and him. But you went and found those letters, which he clearly had hidden from you, and you go and read them without his permission, his father's letters. And I'm... <sighs> once again, once again, Lady Danbury is used to further this plot and, like, fix them. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing... No. <laughs> and I think we see that issue again where, uh, coming back to that race thing, where it's like, mm-hmm. pick a way. Either do this properly or don't do it. Like, you could have literally just not had this scene. Because one thing that we were talking about is, like, this was just unnecessary. They could have had everything that happens after she assaults him could have happened the exact same way if she had just yelled at him and said, why did you lie to me? And they just had your typical romance poor communication where he's upset that she didn't come to him and that she talked to other people first or he's upset that she thinks she thinks that he would do something terrible like willfully lie to her and she can be upset that she feels like she's been lied to and she can still slowly find out everything that goes on and what happened like you could have all of that without this Mm -hmm. but you chose to keep it in and not do it properly so it's like pick a fucking side either keep this in and have a conversation about the lack of consent that happened and how she needs to learn not just about sex but also about he like he you shouldn't do this This is a horrible thing that you did like that's a real conversation you could have had that would have been very surprising for this series to talk about how she took advantage of him and then all the layering elements of her being a white woman and him being black man that comes into that you could have that conversation if you're not going to don't include this fucking scene don't do it this is okay this is like also the problem which is like romance in general i don't think all romance writers do this and i don't think it's just historical romance i think it's a general romance thing whenever trauma is written in to a plot i'm always i don't know about you guys when i'm reading it i like i'm literally like I'm screaming internally because I'm like I know something's gonna happen and I'm not gonna like it because a lot of the time people don't know how to write trauma in a good productive way and instead it feels like they're encouraging a certain type of behavior that I'm just like I hate when you write and like I hate that this show with all these people working on this show didn't look at that scene and were like that was one person that wrote that trauma terribly and then re-traumatized a person rather than like redo that again in the show they could have just done something different they could have like done so many different things with that they could have just like not i would have personally just not included that scene at all like i just would have been like let's just talk it out that's what's gonna happen i mean again those books are 20 years old we've learned so much and like the discussions on consent have been so 
more so much layered than they were 20 years ago and you still included that fucking scene in it and like this is 2000 isn't that long ago even though that's 20 years ago that's still not that that was still like i feel like that's still a topic that would have write about her forcing this man to get drunk yeah 100 100 it was just so infuriating and it's one of those things too where it's like i imagine when they put this in as their fix it's because they don't see anything wrong with it and there's a million layers onto that but i think where that also becomes particularly dangerous is again a lot of this discourse is just not going to happen for so many people. Like, you're making a Netflix series. It's very popular. Any Shonda series is also very popular. So they're like, there is a weight to that, too. And this is not an issue that just Shonda shows carry, but, like, any popular show that you know is going to be seen by a lot of people, a lot of people are going to watch that scene. And if they're not in the right spaces with the right people, they're never going to stop and take a second to say, that was done wrong. Mm -hmm. And so you're even seeing now, like, a huge number of people are going to see that, and they're going to see nothing wrong nothing bad happened because there was no acknowledgement that what Daphne did was actually traumatizing, was assault, was rape. Like that doesn't happen or exist in the show at all. So if you're a reader that, or a watcher that has never encountered anyone in your life that would have that conversation with you, you're going to continue being ignorant to this. And you're going to think that what happened is totally fine because the show to a certain extent told you that. And not that a show has to carry 100% of the burden, but you do have to acknowledge that. And I think then, looking on Twitter, there were also a couple people where their takes were so bad, I know the show didn't do it right. Because you're telling me this one person can come onto Twitter and say, the people that are telling you, that are giving you a content warning for the series are lying to you. They're lying. That's not a thing that happened. There was no issues of consent in the show whatsoever. That someone can watch the show and have that thought is a failing of both society and the show. Like, that is an issue on literally everybody. And then and now it starts this huge discourse, people being like, what the fuck is going on? Someone else follows it up with, and this was the wildest take I've ever seen, mm-hmm. dubious consent in romance is not an issue. It's a feature. Disgusting. To, like, girl, what the fuck? To suggest that, like, and listen, I get that there's a lot of things going on in the world when you're writing down kinks, that kind of stuff. That's different when you're talking about like erotica versus when you're talking about romance books. You're talking about something that is portrayed as healthy, totally fine, a thing you can get over, not, yeah, romantic, exactly. That is so massively different. And all of this discourse is happening online. Mm-hmm. And so in addition to all of these terrible takes, again, there's just a lot of people that are never going to see this kind of thing and are going to watch this. It's also and like no they're issue. saying it, they're also saying it like romance exists in a vacuum that wouldn't affect real exactly. life. And that's what I hate about it. I'm like, it, it does affect real life. And people, this says a lot about society, as you said, and it says a lot about like what people think is okay. In like when you read a book where they talk about like, protection it's a huge deal because not a lot of like romance books will take the time to do it and i think it's important to do it obviously because part of reading is education right so like it like even if it's a romance fictional book that should always be in mind the audience that you're talking to because you say that you're writing for yourself or you're writing for romance people only but you're really writing you don't know who's reading this like you honestly do not know there could be some random little girl picks up her mom's romance book and is like i'm gonna read this oh this is fine i'm just gonna let this go by in my own life i think a great example of that and something people need to consider even more often is look at what happened after 50 shades of gray that book was so popular that like a huge industry for like bondage sex toys and things like that starts booming more and more people start exploring but they're exploring and they're starting that off of such a terrible example so when -hmm. you consider that that's what's happening like that's such a visual thing that you can see happening because of the sales of this industry there are no sales of industry of people's thoughts around consent and what's not consensual and what is there's no chart that you can pull together of that so you can't see the effect that's happening. But if that's the kind of thing that people are taking away from these kinds of books, you have to assume that's happening in both the book and the series for this show as well. People are going to walk away and no one is going to, when, again, you could have had a huge, a huge audience to have the conversation of like, what is male consent and why is it important? And how is it not okay when that's taken away just as it's not okay? Like one of the major plot drivers in this show is that quite frankly, Daphne was concerned that that random Nigel guy from the first couple episodes was basically going to do to her what she did to Simon. 
Yeah. Like that is a, mm-hmm. a thing that happened in this show and is never talked about. So either have that conversation or don't. And it's it's wild. And it also just leads to it's so messy and portrayed so poorly that it leads to this also this mess online that like being on Twitter the last couple of days going through this has been an insane journey. Well, I think the thing about like romance, romance gets shit on, like romance books specifically get yeah. shit on so much that people, anytime someone comes for a romance and you're a romance reader, you're going to get defensive about it. But you can be critical of romance because you should be critical of romance because it, I would say consent has only been a real, that I've read on the page has only come up in the last like five mm-hmm. years because when I was reading in 2015, New Adult was so, so hot, which was like university kids doing it. And like, those were the worst books I've ever read in terms of like this kind of stuff, like consent and like abusive boyfriends and like power dynamics that are really gross. And only in the last five years, especially specifically in like romance, not like historical romance, you be, I see, I've been reading on the page. Like, are you yeah. okay with this? Like, can we continue? Like, are you okay? Like, how do you feel? And I can hate you say, like when yes. romance authors are like gatekeeping and like, well, you can't comment if you're not a romance reader or writer or whatever. What kind of be? Doesn't it? Doesn't matter human relationships doesn't matter it's all a thing what's like a true true like mass media like popular media doesn't really understand romance because anytime they're trying to critique they're talking about like jane austen and like and who's in like another one. i can't even think of anyone else that's that's their like cornerstone of romance i'm like that is not that's the one percent <laughs> of a romance reader thing so like i maybe it's because people are so defensive about it about it that no one is talking about these issues mm-hmm in a way that's productive and like because a lot of romance readers i've been receiving on twitter just like i'm not watching this series and i was like maybe you should watch the series yeah. and then comment on like why is it bad and, why, and where in your books are do you show stuff like this and do it better that's why, that's why i was kind of mad that they were like i'm not gonna watch it and i was like you should watch it and you should be telling your readers like why this is not good and like and then, what they could have done better yeah. as, from a writing also, perspective. Also, like see the kind of like critiques that are coming, like valid critiques, not like the weird takes on like Dubcon, but like like actual valid critiques, and take them into your own writing at that point. Because like you have like this huge ma- like like we said, there's a huge massive audience on Netflix that is watching this. Like people that normally probably wouldn't have read Bridgerton have never exactly. picked up a but there's like a huge life. discourse happening on this this is the time to like learn from it and like improve the romance genre and uh, to say the romance genre isn't ha- hasn't improved in the last five years would be a lie because it has massively changed over mm-hmm. time specifically because of like writers like Courtney Milan who are like just fuck everyone else and it just like d- does what she can to like make it more diverse and like consent is a huge issue obviously and I, I think it's so important that again like one shows this properly and people talk about it properly because i think listen if you're like a black woman and you don't want to watch the show because of the colorism and you're like you've seen enough shonda shows before to be like i don't need to watch another interracial relationship i don't need to see more dark-skinned black women pushed to the side to be either miserable or alone one thousand percent but if you're not going to have this conversation because of what people are saying about it with the consent issues and you're not concerned about being triggered you're just like oh i'm gonna pass it's like this is an opportunity to talk about it because you also have an audience so it's it's so frustrating to try to have or to try to be involved in discourse with these kinds of things because you just get stuck in between two extreme issues of again romance gets shit on so much by people who absolutely have no business commenting on romance like they've clearly come to it from a place of i don't like this and that's why i'm making this comment or being derisive and then the defensiveness to that means that you have all these ones who they're like, how dare you say anything bad about Bridgerton? You're just trying to tear down a romance book as a series. We need more of these, all this stuff. And it's like, there's an in-between of put yeah. out better content and know it's not always going to be more popular than some of the like shittier stuff that's happening. But this wild, like back and forth of absurd comments means you end up in a situation where you're defending all the wrong things like i still think back to the historical accuracy one where there's so much defense of being like there should be more black people and people of color in romance stories what are you talking about one it is historically accurate and two even if it wasn't we should have more so you're defending what bridgerton has done even though bridgerton didn't go anywhere near as far as it should have and quite frankly should have had way Mm -hmm. more black people and way better representation than it did so you just end up stuck layering like i don't want to defend it for these reasons but i have to defend it because the reason you're mad is the wrong reason to be mad do you think it's 
irrational for me to be mad that these romance authors won't even watch it. Because my, because I'm like, let's say a producer comes to them and like, I want to make your series into a TV show. How are you going to know what they're going to do? Or like, I don't want my show to be X, Y, Z that I saw mm-hmm. in this. Like, that's my, that's what I would want them to say and be like, I I saw that the show dis- did this really poorly. I wanted to do better in mine. But it, it, am I irrational being like, you guys should like at least try it? I think it really just depends on who the know. author is. But there's, yeah. whenever stuff like this happens, there is always a bandwagon of people who don't have that the business having the stance that they do if that makes sense like i'm sure there's lots of people because again there are some frustrating things in the show even though i really liked it and overall i do recommend it i can absolutely see how you there are frustrating things that would make a person not want to watch the show but then there are some people where when they talk about not wanting to watch it you know why and again it's not the right reasons it's Mm -hmm. not because of the issues around race it's not because of the issues around consent it's because you've made a decision that is based purely on like nothing or it's because you were never going to watch it in the first place because you didn't care. Like it's. Or you read one review from one person that may or may not be yeah, it's Again, if the only person you listened to was that one woman saying, Hey, there's no content warnings to be concerned about here whatsoever. You're going to go in with a very different opinion than a person who decided to not watch it because they were like, Hey, there's a content warning. So it's just like, it's complicated and it's so wild and i think yeah for sure there's lots of people that don't watch it like you shouldn't if you don't feel like you don't have to but then there's some people where it's like you should learn how to do better you're probably making a lot of the same mistakes in your own writing so maybe it's a good idea to understand what people are talking about i'm gonna here's the thing at the end of the day i'm gonna watch season two it's gonna happen yeah it's like what they did well they did well which was costumes costumes hair costumes the music the hair the social elements of like trying to this is the one thing about period romances that i or period even fiction that i do actually really enjoy the way people have to navigate their interactions with everyone Mm -hmm. i love that shit like i cannot wait to see what is going to happen with featheringtons now that they have literally zero money Mm -hmm. um and but then also everything going on with penelope like i have so many questions because one like, can a lady just go broke? Like, are they going to end up homeless? No, she's going to have to remarry, presumably. Like, I, that. She, but it's harder to remarry because they have no dowry to give. So it's like a whole. The best part about a historical romance is when they insult you to your face in the nicest way possible. And you're like, ooh, this is cutting. And I wonder how they're going to do, like, a season two. Season, the book two is Anthony's book, which they set up in this first season. So I wonder how they're going to do, do it. I do think they made, I, I'm so torn on this. Because I feel like I don't hate Anthony as much as everyone else does. But I do think they made him too unlikable. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? I like, I feel like I had to put too much work into the way I feel about him to not hate him. So how are you going to make him a lead? And what... Like, I know the book is out already, so, like, whoever his romance person is is already decided. But I'm really interested to know, like, what's going to happen going forward. And I think it could even be interesting to see the idea of... This is maybe not necessarily for historical romance. Myth is maybe just for something else. But the idea of a man going into a marriage for the betterment of his family mm-hmm. and its loveless. And what is... How does that affect him as somebody who did have someone he loved? And for a moment there, was kind of willing to throw everything away for her. Mm-hmm. Also, he was the first man we saw the ass of in the show. So now, you know, gotta follow oh, the yeah. ass of I was trying to figure out why did I see this man having sex so many times when he is not the person? And I realized it's because they waited so long for Daphne and Simon to have sex. And mm-hmm. I'm also going to throw out this, this up there. Sex scenes, they're only okay. Everyone talking about how hot they are. You yeah. Need- I'm sorry. We no. just need to expect better. We don't have good TV. You don't have to pretend this is good. Just demand better. There's not enough of it. It's not very well done. At one point, um, Simon is like eating her out, but he is like headbutting into her <laughs> vagina. Like it's <laughs> so poorly that was done. Not great. You know what I'm saying? That scene with him licking the spoon signed a check that the better. actual scene could not cash. Yeah. 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 Agree. Well, I mean, I was basing it off 365 he days. He spit like, into her vagina in that There needs to be a merge <laughs> between that sex scene and that I just saw. And then push them together, and I, I hope for the best. There was 
There was an interesting uh, tweet I saw too. I think we, we talked about this in Christina Reads where one thing I don't love is when the man teaches a woman to have sex. That one always I find very frustrating. But someone had this interesting version that they were saying they saw in a couple romances, which was their first time is only okay because it's her first time ever. Um, so there's lots of things, but it's less let me teach you and it's more let me learn what you like. Yeah. And it's basically kind of like yeah. the woman learning how to just instruct him on what she wants and then him taking that information, them having banging sex. And I was like, I love that dynamic. Oh. I would like to see way more of it. Where did you read it? Please inform me. <laughs> also, like the fact that she, she, there's like no pain the first time. Like, I'm like, you're telling me you were penetrated for the first time and there was nothing. You weren't even, so, you didn't even so talk about it. how it might hurt a little. <laughs> and you know what? This is where I'm going to come back. You in fantasy, in like a fantasy romance, your first time sex was great. Fine. Don't then tell me that all this race shit is real. Build me a fully fantastical universe. Blind casting, I can way easier believe then that also the first time she had sex was real. Because we're living in a world that is about good time feelings and not about this fucking nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were all so short. And like the... The promise of a romance book is you're giving me six pages of foreplay that build up to an explosive sex scene. You did not cash my romance check because they were like, what, a minute long? I don't give me 15 minutes of the next. Like, is that I could take three sex scenes than the eight that we got? I don't know how many there was, but like, give me 15 minutes, three, three 15 minute scenes instead of eight of one heroine that's just like my preference is not penetration and just like, yeah. like all right we're gonna have other <laughs> which actually would have been perfect for this couple i know you would think but again it's the source material i think is what really yeah. This, this. yeah this probably was not the best book to to go from but i I think it'll be interesting to see if we have more things that lean into what a romance book is in TV. Because I think where this really fell apart, everything we've talked about is it was too much like a regular TV show. It made all the same mistakes that so many other TV shows like this have made in the past, even if they weren't necessarily like based off romance books. Like you have the ability to do something different. Do it. I think we talked about this before. I was thinking about it. Like I really like a lot of the first seasons of a lot of Shonda Rhimes' show, but she has not these shows have not evolved in any way. The people that are making them have been doing the same thing over and over and over again. So it's not that surprising to me in that frame of reference that this show was also a little bit rote and a bit expected because no one's really challenging anything. Thinking about this now, I feel like the biggest change they needed to make to the show was to have the Bridgertons be black. Yeah, agreed. The way that contextually changes yeah. mm -hmm. everything the, even just to, even just the importance of having Daphne be declared the diamond from a black queen and to have black family in a world where you're telling me that yeah it's again it's not equal it's not the same because there's so many more white people than there are black people in this space like the way that that changes everything yeah like you're telling me like the one interesting like black nobility person is Simon and we're not even going to have him as a main character probably next season. Like, I don't know if he will be. I mean, like, why would we be interested at that point? Right? That's, that's what I'm questioning. How are they going to people clearly love him? I love him. I think one thing that's super interesting, too, about the show is that we've been talking about this for about an hour now and we've gone through so many topics and so many things about the show. Never once does the issue of their clearly big reveal and big point of the show come up, which is oh, that yeah. Penelope is Weatherbottom or Winterbottom. I forget. She fucking called <laughs> Lady Whistledown. Winterbottom? Whistledown. Whistledown. Weatherbottom. It's, it's been, <laughs> it feels like it's been three months since I watched the show. It's been four days. <laughs> Lady Whistledown? I, I like literally forgot it the moment that you said it. Whistledown. We didn't talk like there's nothing to have a conversation about with that. They did yeah. the reveal, which <laughs> I feel like they did just in case they got canceled. And it is what it is. It's Penelope. Like, it must it must be a red herring, right? Because like you're telling me a 15-year-old girl goes to the presses. <laughs> why? Why? Why why? Why did they do it? So the whole like the interesting thing about the books and like kind of why you want to read it is to figure out who she is. They only reveal her in book four. And you have no idea this whole time who she is. And I think that they shouldn't have done that. I will say I'm not mad they revealed it too early. I think it's I imagine probably the reason was if they got canceled, they wanted that out there. 
Like it just Netflix in general. So many season one shows get canceled. I actually like that they revealed it. Two, maybe in the show it won't be her. And this is a red herring because all the people who are watching it expect it to be Penelope. So they're giving you that like, because even as I, as I was watching it, I figured it was going to be Penelope because she's the only one that knew about the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And she was the only one that had like fuel to use it against Marina. And also she definitely would have written shit about her own family. She hates them. <laughs> exactly. Like that all seems super yeah. clear. So maybe they are actually trying to throw in a red herring. Maybe it'll, maybe Whistle Down, not Winter Garden, is multiple people. Um, so maybe they'll be throwing something like that out there, but I actually, I think an issue I, per- this is a personal feeling. I get that, like, maybe this is actually not the best approach. Shows like Gossip Girl, they wait so fucking long to reveal who these people are. By the time you get to the end, either A, they've completely contradicted themselves and it doesn't make sense that it was that person anymore because the reveal is the whole point. Um, or B, it was just like, it's just, it's anticlimactic because you knew it was never that good. So I am kind of interested to see her like being an active part in her secret and figuring out yeah. are you getting paid how is this happening your family has no money is this a fr- i thought this was a free pamphlet like i don't understand two how is she going to leverage this and how does she keep her secret from everyone yeah because marina was really nice to you at the end there's no way marina would ever be your friend when she realizes that you're that person yeah you were ready to ruin her life this is the 1800s she could have like never seen the light of day again with that information being out there and like will eloise like find out what's that gonna be like will eloise because like even just like the way pen was like dismissive to eloise whenever she was like investigating you knew the whole time that pen already knew because she was whistled out. <laughs> like there was like just like the way she was i was just like well it's her but then i'm like where is she writing this how is she writing this which context does she work with like the the what is her name like the the friend the fake french lady oh i loved her i loved her oh, so yeah. much. mademoiselle something something yeah but like the oh, whole like, situation, like do they have a relationship like what's happening i need to know everything she, she had to have known yeah, something that she knew. exchange couldn't have just been she thought that eloise was talking about her fucking her brother like there had to yeah. be something else going I think, on there i think what they're probably going to like with another season they're probably going to talk about like the relationships pen has to be able to do what she does and i think that's one of those relationships which i'm happy about like i'm here for it I just like the idea of multiple people being technically part of the Lady Whistledown enterprise. I also, there in a sense, I actually do like that storyline for a fat girl. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though she's not that big, like when you look at her, particularly in relation, like they're telling you in real life she would be much bigger. Like that's also another element of this. Because I find her storyline is so boring where it's like, oh, you're the bigger sister. Everybody thinks you're unattractive. This is your life. Like she's very much... A, like Cinderella character where like eventually she'll flourish but you just see the same things that you kind of see overall and then having her be a dick friend and being kind of a bitch is like a rough storyline I think to put on her that again just sort of there's only two things you can be when you're fat you can be really happy and jolly uh but be shit on all the time or you can be a bitch and those are the only two options you have so I like the idea of this girl using her invisibility because of being bigger as a way to do this but i have to then have the trust in you that you're going to do the storyline well i do not have that trust but i will watch the whole thing oh we never we never talked about call the benedict sorry they're they're all the same benedict my the only bridgerton brother worth anything like colin is fine sorry colin is too young he needs to grow up a bit before he can be interesting i am slighted that benedict did not fuck a dude this first season yeah I agree. And I'm just like, it would I was happen. here for it. I was like, you're building it up. It's going to happen. And then instead it's two women. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> imagine if this had been like, a. imagine if this show had had an entire season dedicated to like a gay dude. <sighs> the audacity not to know. <laughs> like the way that this could have been structured if you had just changed it and committed to that and like not made such a historically accurate thing and just been like the like i love those gay historical romances where it's just like yeah whatever you can marry a dude everybody's fine with it it's just the social shit that's still in place 
I would watch the fucking shit out of that, my friends. Like, Hands I don't down. understand why showrunners just don't do it. Like, do they not understand how obsessed we would all become? Like, it wouldn't matter. They could have a lot of problems in the show, but like, if they had that one, one thing that you're like, oh my God, I'm here. I'm here. I can't, I can't go away. <laughs> a valet. I can't I, you. I certainly watch a lot of crap just because there'll be a queer couple in it. Yeah. Like, give me something. Like, just throw one. You know how many people are companions? Like, Lady Lady Danbury and a companion? Oh, Hello. Oh, I would have loved that. I'm so sad. Maybe. Oh, my God. I would have. Now, I'm mad. Maybe I don't have that. Coming. I mean, it Netflix, could happen, right? If you're li- Chris Van Dusen. Listen to me. As, as much as we have criticized you. Don't listen to the rest of this episode. Scroll Just all the way to this part. Take these these options that we're giving you. Easy options. Just add them in. Don't be cowards. Let Benedict be by. Yeah. Just like a light kiss. Maybe they tangle swords, as I've said briefly. Maybe they have a threesome together. Like, Yes. I'm giving you options That wife would have been ready and for it. Can't. She would have been ready. Exactly. She would have been like, all right, let's go. Yeah. She's his wife. I was like, are we going to have like a Sense8 moment? Is that what's going to happen? Because I'm also here for that. Have her watch. It's fine. All right. Uh, I think that wraps this episode up for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Ultimately, if you haven't watched Bridgerton, you've learned a lot of spoilers today, but we do recommend that you do watch it. Uh, if you have any thoughts about Bridgerton, you can tweet us uh, at EatsCast on Twitter as well as on Instagram. You can check out our Pinterest at Everyone and Their Sister Pod. Um, and then just have the conversation with us. We are super excited for another year of a show every week we're going to try. Let's see if we can keep that up. Uh, but that also means we need lots and lots of episode ideas. So please message us your episode ideas. If there's anything that you want us to watch and comment on, um, we have a couple of themed episodes coming up. Uh, so please keep an eye out every Tuesday at 8:30 AM for our new episodes. Uh, and that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening last year and for another year with us. Bye. 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 While there could have been boobs and I would have probably been fine, I was pleased to never be attacked by Titty the way that a show with like sex, like gratuitously to a certain extent is.